0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
2: per
1: order. Additional terms apply.
2: Let's continue the NFL conversation, shall we? Let's welcome aboard right now Ryan Wilson, a friend of the show, covers the NFL for CBS Sports and CBS Sports HQ, joins us now here on this Tuesday morning. Good morning, Ryan. How are you, bud? Ryan, what's up? Good morning, guys. How's it going? Uh, do well, do well, you know, uh, uh, a lot to get into uh, and a number of intriguing storylines. Let's start in New York with the Giants. For, should Giant fans be as excited as they are from what they saw Sunday afternoon from Daniel Jones? Yeah, yeah, of
0: course. Um, look, is they, the Daniel Jones thing is this,
2: and this is what I said. I talked to you guys.
0: The Friday after the first round of the draft, I said, I like Daniel Jones. I didn't love him at number six, and and I don't think that was anything crazy. I liked the way he played last year. He played on a Duke team that was, by most accounts, terrible. The offensive line wasn't very good. He had receivers dropping the ball, so he wasn't playing in a Clemson or an Oklahoma or an Alabama system. And um, if you're taking number six at Dave Gettleman and and you're convinced, my only issue was just start him right away. Why are we bringing Eli Manning back when we know what Eli Manning is? And we saw that over the first two games, and I thought making the move to – Daniel Jones sooner rather than later made a lot of sense. Now, the issue is is, is this. Is probably less Daniel Jones and more of the Giants. The defense is terrible, absolutely utterly right. terrible. Offensive line has huge issues. And, oh, by the way, your best player, Saquon Barkley, is out four to eight weeks with the high ankle sprain. So you're going to have to manage that around Daniel Jones. And also don't forget, he took a whooping in, in behind the line of scrimmage. He took a lot of huge hits. And you want to manage that. You don't want to get your franchise quarterback hurt because of scheme based on the fact that you don't have your best running back. So, yeah, I mean, he, he played out of his mind in that game. He exceeded everyone's expectations. I'm extremely happy for him. I know people on Twitter like to, to say, I told you so. But it's one game. It's a, certainly a step in the right direction. I'm sure Pat Shermer finally slept well at night for the first time in a year and a half. But you have to manage those expectations with the other things we just talked about, the defense, the offensive line, and no Saquon.
1: Hey, so Ryan, if we shift gears to last night's game, so, question for you. Uh, bigger nightmares right now about Khalil Mack. As you know, he played great yesterday. Uh, Jay or John Gruden? Which one you think? <laughs> you remember, he was with the Raiders, as you know, and uh, and then he didn't, he didn't sign him to stay with the Raiders, John Gruden, and then Jay Gruden. Well, Khalil Mack just destroyed his team yesterday, last night, I should
0: say. Yeah, a lot of disrespect from the Gruden family. For yeah, no doubt. You trade. Here's the thing, man. You're John Gruden and the Raiders. You trade Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. Yeah. And you're like, am I a better football team now? No, you're not. And then Jay Gruden... At one point last night, Jay Gruden had a tight end over Khalil Mack. That tight end didn't block Khalil Mack. Then he had another tight end, Vernon Davis, pulling to block Khalil Mack. He didn't get there. And guess what? Case Keenum got destroyed, and that was sort of a microcosm for the night. So um, the Redskins, we talk about the, the Giants being a mess. At least they have some direction. The Redskins have no direction. It starts at the top with the owner, the general manager. Jay Gruden is a, is a lame duck, and I suspect he'll be probably the first guy fired. It seems like they're going in that
2: direction. Allen's got to go too, Ryan.
0: I, look, I'm with you, but it seems like he's, he's close with the inside of the owner, and he's survived a lot of the other uh, turnovers and upheavals in, in Washington. And uh, Look, that the whole situation in Washington is a mess. Redskins fans have every right to be – Completely, utterly disgusted with what's on that field, and it's been that way for for most of the twenty twenty years now. The Dan Snyder's on that team; they've had their 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 peaks, but most of it's been valleys. And it's just one thing. And here's something else I would suggest: don't ever, 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 under any circumstances, for the Redskins on Monday Night Football.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It was horrible. Uh,
2: they're two and seventeen in their last nineteen games on Monday Night Football. Not great. No. Let's <laughs> no. say it kindly. No. That is saying it kindly. Um, you know, let's head out to, uh, you know, curious about Mason Rudolph. You know, the, you know, the, the Steelers make the deal last week, uh, you know, a week ago yesterday, and trade their first-round pick in 2020 for Minka Fitzpatrick. He was all over the field in San Francisco on Sunday, and he's a hell of a defensive player. Then the story comes out that they had a first-round grade on Rudolph when they drafted him coming out of Oklahoma State, obviously did not draft him in the first round. What's your impressions? You know, they, Roethlisberger had the surgery yesterday. They expect a full recovery, him back at quarterback in, in 2020. What's your take on what Rudolph's future is, and do you believe her that he's the, the future heir behind Roethlisberger, or is it too early to say that?
0: First things first, when I, they, they announced the trade, I was relieved to find out they didn't include Benny Snell in that trade because they traded Benny Snell. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> even <off> the bench, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> but, but honestly, here's the deal. Look, they weren't they weren't going to draft a quarterback. Say they kept that pick, and they have a top-five pick, and they seem to be headed in that direction in 2020. The Steelers were not drafting the quarterback for just what you said, uh, Moose. They had a first-round grade on, on Mason. They liked Mason. And also, Roethlisberger has two more years left on his deal after this year. He said he's coming back, so it didn't make sense to draft a guy number five overall and, and then have him sit behind two other quarterbacks. Mason did not look great in San Francisco, and I part of that's on him, obviously. Part of that's on the scheme. And I think part of the other thing is we're sleeping on the 49ers, at least their defense. You can ask questions about Jimmy G, and that's fair. But that defense, starting with the front four, all first-round picks, most recently Nick Bosa, they They were dominant against a, a pretty good Steelers offensive line. So Mason Rudolph didn't have a lot of time to throw. He looked flustered. The receivers couldn't get open. And, again, you can blame that on scheming the offensive coordinator. Uh, and here's the other thing I'll say. I actually loved the trade when it happened, even though we knew Roethlisberger was done for the year and that the Steelers would probably have a pretty high first-round pick. And here's why. Minka Fitzpatrick, as you sort of alluded to, is a beast. First four series, had an interception, a forced fumble. If he were coming out this year in this year's draft in 2020, he'd be the first defensive back taken with a top ten pick. So the Steelers got that in Minka, and they have him right now. And they have a history of being terrible at drafting defensive backs in any round. So I don't have any concern <laughs> with that just for the reasons I explained. But Mason Rudolph... It, there's some questions, and I, I think a lot has to change. Obviously, but I think he could be helped by the offensive coordinator scheming ways for guys to get open to make the throws simpler because he was he was struggling a lot in San Francisco.
1: Uh, guest right now, special guest right now is Ryan Wilson, covers the NFL for CBS Sports and for CBS HQ. So, if, uh, if we head down to Jacksonville, you know, Moose and I have been talking a lot, uh, Ryan, about Jalen Ramsey and the whole stuff going on with him. How, you know, and, you know, he's out sick now, might have the flu, as you know, and all this jazz he wants out of there, but it seems like, the, you know, the Jaguars want to keep him. Uh, how do you think the whole Jalen Ramsey soccer comes to an end?
0: Well, here, here's the thing. If the Jaguars keep winning football games, they're going to be less inclined to trade Jalen Ramsey. And I give Jalen Ramsey credit. He showed up Thursday night and he played really well. He
1: did play he, hard. He did. Yeah,
0: he wasn't. He wasn't goofing off out there and trying to avoid getting hurt. He was out there balling. So I give him credit for that. Maybe a sick, I don't know. But here's the thing they have at Denver. They can win that game. Joe is terrible. Yeah. Uh, a newsflash to John Elway. Uh, the Panthers, who are apparently a really good team right now. The Saints, we don't know with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, the Bengals and the Jets. So, look, man, if, if they win three of these next four or five games, I don't think Jalen's going anywhere because you have until just after week eight, which is October 27th until the trade deadline, that Tuesday afterwards, to make a decision. That said, if I were the Chiefs, the Seahawks, even the Ravens have been mentioned as a team in the mix, I would give serious consideration to trying to get Jalen Ramsey if you think you have a chance uh, to win a Super Bowl. And certainly the Chiefs are there. And the only issue with the Chiefs is the secondary. And the only thing right now it feels like they have to concern themselves with is finding a way to beat the Patriots. Jalen Ramsey goes a long way in making that happen, but they're going to have to make the offer that the Jaguars are willing to accept. It sounds like two first round picks. Maybe they can, that that, that'll change as we get closer to this trade deadline. But again, if the Jacks keep winning, that changes the the, the dynamic, excuse me, uh, of any trade
2: conversation with Jalen. You know, Ryan, we just got off a segment. We were talking about Antonio Brown. Now he's taking online courses, four of them at central Michigan. Um, Do you think, you know, not on that or his course selection, but do you (laughs) think that, do you think that Antonio Brown's days in the national football league are over?
0: No, and I only say no for this reason. Um, his talent is out of this world. He is a Hall of Famer who continues to make bad decisions and continues to get terrible information from those people closest to him um, who enable him. That said, you watch him play. Look, he was goofing off all summer riding around in hot air balloons, had his feet frozen off. He shows up with the Patriots <laughs> after a couple of days of practice and is the best player on the field. The fact that he can't stay on the field because of all the other stuff tells you just how nuts this is, but if he can get it together and he held it together for nine years in Pittsburgh, a team is going to take a chance on that. We know before, that, uh, before the Patriots signed him and after he was released for the Raiders, the Seahawks were interested. That's a team that needs wide receivers. There will be interest in him, but he has to get all the soft field stuff sorted out and, and, and bottled up for lack of a better phrase, I don't know if he can do that anytime soon, but maybe uh, some time away from the game will, will make him realize that um, it pays a lot better to be an NFL wide receiver than someone taking online classes.
1: Right. True, true, true. Well, it's good. That he's trying to extend his education a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's, that's Gotta have good. a fallback plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's been like, well, he can play in the XFL too. I mean, we talked about that yesterday. That'd be something they'd have, they'd have, their, they'd have a, a hood ornament and a guy who's a top guy. I mean, Vince McMahon would love that.
0: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I. I and, look, it, these guys, these superstars say that they'll never do that, and then they, they end up having to do that because they've sort of run themselves out of options. Um, right. Antonio's 31. I don't know if he's there yet. I don't know if he's burned every bridge. Those tweets that he sent out after he was released and then quickly deleted, they're not helping. But we'll, you know, we'll see. The, the talent is undeniable. It's just everything else that makes it hard to imagine that this man is somehow out of a job.
2: Ryan, concern level now in Cleveland, sloppy. Poor, let's say, you know, at times, you know, sloppy and and very poor play, bad execution, bad game planning. Concern level in Cleveland right now, 1 to 10.
0: Nine. And uh, this is, Mm. I I think I talked to you guys about this over the summer. It's not the talent. It's can this team handle expectations? The answer is no. And can Freddie Kitchens handle being a first-year head coach? The answer is no. Uh, The play calling was utterly and absolutely atrocious. He took responsibility for it. Great. He said he's not going to do anything differently in terms of giving up the play calling. He may be in over his head. It appears that he is, based solely on the play calling that we saw, where he didn't take advantage of all the weapons, including and starting with Baker Mayfield. And where do you go from here? So we'll see if he magically becomes a better play caller. Um, I, I think this team is in trouble, and they're they're not a good football team right now. And it's hard to say that with Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, and Odell Beckham. As the centerpieces
1: of your offense, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, and we, we've all spoken glowingly of what, what these, what, what this team could be like uh, before the season even started. If, if we shift gears up to uh, talking about the Pats and the Bills, so the Patriots are a little banged up right now, as you know, um, you know, Bills are sitting three and zero. I don't know if I, I mean, I'm a Bills fan, right? So I don't know if they're a real three and zero or if it's just who they've played. But you think it's the right time that the Bills have the Pats coming into the Bills Mafia home? Yeah, uh, perfect. Do you think so, right? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, The, the first I two games
0: it. they won on the road
1: right.
0: in New Jersey and, and beat the Jets and the Giants. And, uh, I mean, that counts for something. Josh Allen has gotten better each and every week. He still makes decisions that, that, that leave you wondering why he would attempt to throw the ball there. Yeah, but, he's, look, yeah. he's competing, and he's athletic, and he can make wins with his feet. We saw Dawson Knox on Sunday going off the third-round pick, the tight end, yep. at Ole Miss, who is, is really athletic. Real good. Really strong. The defense is playing well. Ed Oliver, the first-round pick, is playing well. So I think they're, in terms of confidence, all-time high. Um, I love Sean McDermott, the head coach. Can they beat the Patriots at home? Yeah. Am I uh, confident in it? Not really, but I think this, the timing couldn't be better. We know that the Bills fans will be there jumping through tables, and, and yes. that's, maybe this is the time to sort of <laughs> take that extra step. At the end of the day, the, we know the Patriots are winning the division, but it would be a good start for the Bills, a team that is, as you point out. Taz three and
2: zero man. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, a couple before we let you go. Number one down in Carolina. Uh, Taz and I we've spent a lot of time talking about Cam Newton. He's out this week once again that foot sprain. Kyle Allen starting for the Carolina Panthers. I'll ask you. That too strong to say we have seen the last of a great Cam Newton in the NFL.
0: I don't. I don't think so. And, and I. People
2: forget that he was the MVP in
0: 2015, that team that went to the Super Bowl. And they just want to remember him as a guy who can't throw the ball anymore because of the shoulder injuries. have the shoulder injuries now. We have the foot injury now. He's 6'5", 250 or whatever he is, 260. But he just can't take those hits time in and time out. And it's not solely because he's running. It's because the offensive line has struggled and for, for other reasons. And so do the, pay, uh, the Panthers want to continue to pay him next year if he's not healthy? I would imagine the answer is no. I would imagine there will be plenty, a ton of interest for Cam Newton if that happens, but it just doesn't seem to be working. If this team continues to struggle, and Kyle Allen had a fantastic day, they were playing the Cardinals, but if he's sort of a stopgap guy or a guy even they start to like a lot more, Rivera could be gone if his team doesn't win a lot of football games. They get rid of um, Gurney, the the general manager, and Cam could be gone. So it's a weird thing to have to talk about, given how good Cam Newton's been, but the injuries are piling up and – Obviously, preventing him from playing football games. So, when is he coming back? We don't know. When he's going to be healthy? We don't know that either. So, those are two important questions we got to find out. In terms of thinking about the future of Cam Newton in Carolina.
2: Yeah, and final one in Indy, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you know, he's not Andrew Luck, but the Colts loved him. You know, when Luck retired, him, retired, they gave him a two-year, thirty million dollar contract extension. And I'll tell you, watch him. Know, he he does it differently than luck but he, he does it nonetheless 16 straight completions the other day against Atlanta to begin that game I mean th- there's things to like about it, about Jacoby Brissett not just his leadership his arm be able to throw on the run as well he's a tough quarterback too uh you could tell why the Indianapolis are were so Colts were so high on their backup quarterback
0: yeah absolutely in fact when Andrew Luck retired obviously I was shocked like everyone else but I my first thought was this team should be okay in part because of Jacoby Brissett, in part because Chris Ballard, the GM, has done a wonderful job of building this team with a bunch of young players. The defense is really, really good, and, and I felt at the time, and I feel this way now, even though the Texans are playing pretty well, I think the Colts can win this division. And I think it starts with Jacoby Brissett and all the other reasons I mentioned. There's been there's been a drop off, obviously, but not to the point where you're concerned. You're in, you have you have bigger concerns about Adam and Terry. That's where this organization is, and that should tell you how much confidence they have and what Jacoby Brissett's done through three weeks, and I think he's only going to get better.
2: Ryan Wilson covers the NFL for CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. Hey, Ryan, we appreciate it, bud. Have a good Tuesday. Thanks, Thanks Ryan. You guys. Take care, You man. got it.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild.